0: Are you the kind of partner who can have these charged, challenging adult, big kid conversations? And if so, you and your partner will be able to work through any sexual challenges that you have.
1: Welcome to the Big Kid Problems Podcast. Based on the comedic social channel, all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. And you know what? That's okay. So each week, we're going to take a funny yet informative look at a specific struggle or big kid problem, if you will. Then we'll break it down with a rotating cast of comedians, personalities, and experts to actually give us the tools and resources to help us solve our big kid problem of the week. From love and relationships, money, career, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, hey, welcome back to a little specialty Valentine's Day episode here on the Big Kid Problems podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill. For those of you who are new here, and I'm the writer and creator of Big Kid Problems, which is a popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast all about learning how to adult. So welcome. Today, we have a super fun episode for you guys to get you in the Valentine's Day spirit. We are getting a little sexy, a little frisky with our guests this week. Guys, Caitlin V is in the house. If you don't know Caitlin V, she is a YouTube superstar and has made a name for herself as a sex and relationship coach who helps men and women become amazing lovers and incredible partners. She is a former sexual health researcher and policy analyst who now works with clients all over the world on their sexual needs. I actually posted a question sticker on Instagram about a week ago to let you guys ask your most burning sex questions. And in this interview, I basically drill Caitlin to answer as many as we possibly could in the span of an hour. We talk everything from turn-on triggers to blowjobs to low libido and mismatched libidos in couples. We even go deep into sex ruts and how to spice things up if you've been sleeping with the same person for a while. Trust me, there's a little something for everyone, and I think you might even learn a thing or two. At the very least, I think this episode will help get you in the mood for Valentine's Day this week, whether you're coupled up or alone. So without further ado, let's kick things off with Caitlin V. Stick around and we will be right back. Before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our new partner, Minted, for helping make the show possible. If you're a longtime listener of this podcast, you know I'm getting married this year, or at least trying to. Thanks, COVID. But Minted has been such a lifesaver for me during this process. Minted is known for their gorgeous custom stationery, gifts, and cards, and I actually use them for my save the dates and wedding website. They have so many gorgeous, unique designs from independent artists around the world. And I must have gone through hundreds of options before landing on the perfect designs that felt like it just fit us as a couple. I'm not the most organized person, so I love how easy it was to just upload our guest list and have our envelopes arrive pre-addressed on custom envelopes styled to perfectly match our save the date design. And now when I get ready to do my invitations, our guest list is already saved. So it's just a few easy clicks of a button. I also love how you can customize any design with foil or letterpress designs, wax seals or ribbon for added texture and impact. I did gold foil on my save the dates and they are They're so cute. They also provide a free personalized sample kit with your favorite designs, so you can see and feel the print quality before making your final decisions. I highly recommend doing that free little sample kit because I actually changed our save the date choice based on those samples. Being able to hold them in your hand before ordering, like, really does make a difference. So, if you want to start crafting your unique save the dates or invitations with Minted, I have a special deal just for our listeners. Enjoy twenty percent off your first order by going to minted.com slash big kid. That's 20% off. Guys, I had no idea how much this wedding stuff all adds up to. So definitely take advantage of that little 20% offer. Again, just head to minted.com slash B-I-G-K-I-D. That's big kid today. All right, guys. Welcome back to the show. I'm sitting here now with Caitlin V in the house. We have our certified sex and relationship coach here to help us out this Valentine's Day. Welcome to the show.
0: Woo-hoo! Thank you so much for having me.
1: I am so excited you're here. Um, this is a subject. I don't know. Some people like love talking about sex. I'm always like, Oh God, is my grandma listening? I'm a little concerned. So I feel like this is great to have you on because you are very comfortable in this in this wheelhouse.
0: Absolutely. I think that's actually my greatest strengths is um, is taking a somewhat uncomfortable subject and making it totally normal because I guarantee everything that we're going to cover today is totally normal. Yeah. And you're normal if you're dealing with this.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Speaking of, I got so many questions for this interview I put it out on Instagram I was like I'm gonna have you on the show ask away it's gonna be completely anonymous and things got things got real <laughs> we got a lot we got a lot of good questions so I am very excited to dive in before we do I actually wanted to just kind of give my audience a little bit of background on you um, you know to be an expert in this area is kind of an interesting thing so tell us how how this happened
0: <laughs> so I This is the only career path that could work for me. I knew from a very early on that, like, this is what I was going to do with my life. Like, 14, 15 years old, I had the sense that I was going to help people have better sex. But of course, at that age, I had super limited experience outside of the slides and the scary conversations that we had in our health class. And so I would have my dad drop me off at Borders, you know, when we had brick and mortar bookstores. And I would sit in the erotica section and in the like adult content section and I would just download information and then I started experimenting you know early on with a high school boyfriend and I remember thinking what I'm doing at home feels so much fun it feels like such joyful and pleasurable and and like it feels good it feels inherently good and what they're telling me at school is not aligning with that right what they're showing me at school is like it sounds bad you know when we when we do sex education mostly we focus on diseases and Unintended pregnancies, at the end of the day, they kind of leave out the part where, like, why do people have sex to begin with? You know, like, it's certainly not to collect viruses. Um, what is it about sex that people would bother doing it if it's this dangerous? And so that kind of gets skipped. The pleasure part of sex gets skipped. So, fast forward, I'm not sure how I'm going to like introduce this to my mom, though, right? And like, you know, how do I bring up that conversation? So, Instead, I did a little bit more of a safe route. It's like I'm sure a lot of people can relate. I went to school and got a degree in something that was safe and that my parents could, you know, tell their friends about, and uh, I never had to worry about blushing while I shared it. And I ended up um, also getting a master's degree in public health, and so I worked on sex from a empirical science and a research perspective, which was great. But I ended up publishing papers and. Writing and and doing research that I knew only other sex experts were going to read, and it felt kind of beyond the point. Like the point was to help people have better sex, and now here I am locked in the ivory tower. I ended up going on to get my doctorate, and I was like, "This is I'm just so far away from the people who I actually want to serve." And that is when I left all that to become a coach because it, coaching allows me to get down into you know your challenges one-on-one and see the actual difference that having better sex can make in an individual person's life and now of course on YouTube I get to affect millions of people and I still I get their messages I get emails and comments every single day where someone says to me you know the information that you shared changed my life and and that's how I ended
1: up here That's so awesome. And I'm going to like fully pimp out your YouTube channel after this because you have such like a plethora of knowledge out there for free for anybody, um, which I think is is awesome. So that's great. So you started as a coach and then you went like, was YouTube like kind of like an afterthought and then it just like exploded?
0: Yeah. YouTube happened. A friend of mine who is a dating coach for men, invited me to be on his YouTube channel, which was fairly successful at the time. And we did a video on the internet's favorite subject, (laughs) squirting. And this video just basically went viral. I mean, it it got several million views within the first couple months that it was up. And this was six years ago. Now that's not quite as big of a deal. But then like getting 6 million views, you know, within a few months was like man. I mean, it's it's still a big deal. Don't get me wrong. But uh, that happened. And I went from... Like this coach that was advertising on her Facebook page, and to having thousands of people wanting to work with me and emailing me and sending me questions. So they both kind of existed at the same time, and I don't know that one has ever really fully flourished without the other, which is great. You know, YouTube's a great educational platform, coaching is a transformational um, system, and I think they work really well together.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. That's so funny that that is the the topic that <laughs> blew you into the stratosphere. Which you know it is funny because when I, I when I um, put on Instagram, you know, ask anything, I got like a lot of squirting questions. I'm like, what's the deal, people? Like, I I don't know. I had like a like a a thousand questions before it came to squirting, but the people want to know. The people want to know. It
0: tends not to be what. Female people think about right, like it, it. For me, I didn't even know that I could squirt, or that squirting was a desirable thing, until a male partner told me that, um, or tried to make it happen. And I think for me, it confirms something that all men are privately, secretly worried about with sex, which is that they didn't do a good job, or they didn't actually. She didn't really orgasm. Right? Like, what if she faked it? What if she's just so good at baking it and I've been duped? And then when a woman squirts or ejaculates, right? It's female ejaculation that registers very similar to what their own orgasm looks like. You know, when you ejaculate or when a man ejaculates, it looks like fluid exiting the body. And so when they see that in a female person, they're like, got it orgasm confirmed and then novelty. And then of course, it's been played up in the porn industry as like the apex, the the pinnacle of all orgasms. So they just like get to pat themselves on the back, you know, orgasm attained. The ironic thing is that you can squirt and often squirting happens without orgasm.
1: Really? I didn't know that. I mean, oh yeah,
0: squirting and orgasm are two different functions of the body and you can squirt plenty without an orgasm.
1: Okay. I mean, like not to just jump right into it, but since we're talking squirting and we did get these questions, can anybody squirt? Like, can, oh, Well, not any, like, but can any female squirt?
0: So for the most part, yes. So to give it like a blanket answer, yes. Anyone who has all the required equipment can squirt. Now, that doesn't mean that all people will squirt, right? Uh, squirting requires a lot of sort of, in addition to creating the right physical stimulus in the body, it also creates or it also requires the right mindset. It requires us to be able to let go. And on the female side of things, it can feel a little bit like peeing, even though it's not pee. like, star underlined gold. It's not pee. But it it comes out of the urethra. Squirt exits the body through the urethra, even though it doesn't originate in the bladder. And so it feels a little bit like relaxing enough to pee. And if you are very tightly held, you're clenching and you are refusing to let that happen, then you are not going to be able to squirt. But yes, to, to put it plainly, everyone can squirt.
1: Yeah. Some I remember some girl in my sorority already told me, <laughs> which... You, and you know any sentence that starts that way is going to be bad. <laughs> Some girl told me that like to squirt, all you have to do is like try to pee while you're having sex. And it's like <laughs> that force will allow it to happen. But then I'm just thinking like, I think a lot of girls are just peeing on their dude. Yeah, and
0: I can speak from experience. If you just try to make squirting happen that way, you will just be. <laughs> I mean, I guess yes and no, right? <laughs> She's not entirely wrong, but there's a little bit more to it than that.
1: If I was like, I want to try to squirt tonight. Like, what would be your advice?
0: So, do you have a partner
1: who's going to help you with this, or is it solo?
0: Okay, because there's sort of two different methodologies there. In both instances, it relies on intense rhythmic pressure or firm pressure on the G spot, which is located on the front wall of the vagina, about one to two inches deep inside of the body. And you can locate it. So, I'm making a come here motion with my fingers. You locate it by Kind of pressing up against the pubic bone from the inside, and you'll notice there's a space in the body where the the sensation like the flesh is different. It gets kind of spongy, less so if you 're not aroused so really the g spot or then there's a lot of disagreement in the scientific community about like the existence or the validity of the g spot as i'm going to talk about it, but i'm going to give you like the most practical guide like this is squirting one oh one forget the science. Argument, let's just like give you the, the information that counts. Get aroused first, clitoris, vibrator, foreplay, oral, whatever is arousing, because the G spot really doesn't come out until it gets engorged and filled with blood. The G spot is made out of erectile tissue, just like the penis, just like the clitoris. So it has to get filled with blood before you can feel it, or else it just kind of is hiding under there. So, in order to create a squirting orgasm, you want to put pressure on the G spot after it's already been aroused. Ideally, maybe if you're a multi orgasmic, maybe you've already had one orgasm. Then you go for the squirting orgasm. The, if you have a partner, you're going to have him or her put their fingers inside, two fingers pressed pretty firmly into the G spot, and then they're going to start shaking and really, really firmly, vigorously shaking against the G spot, increasing pressure, increasing intensity, and so squirting orgasm happens. If you are solo experiencing going for squirting, I recommend investing in a toy called the Enjoy Wand. Like this big. It's heavy. It's metal. It could be used in a home invasion to protect yourself. <laughs> Dual purpose. It, it has a like, yeah. It has a big heavy ball in the end and you can use that It create, because it's weighty. It stays in place and it puts a lot of pressure also up against the G-spot. And then it's just about figuring out your own motion to um, bring yourself to a squirting orgasm.
1: Interesting. Oh my gosh, guys. Way to start off with a bang. We really... We really are starting Happy off. Valentine's Day. <laughs> yes. End of episode. Um, mm-hmm. No, that's great. Does well, my, This is my last squirting question. I swear to God, then we're going to move on. But is a squirting orgasm like better than your regular orgasm or is it just kind of like a function that happens? Like,
0: It's a great question. It feels different. You know, it's a release. It feels mm-hmm. good. And the first time that you squirt because you haven't squirted before, if it's the first time, the... Sensation can be a big emotional release. You know, you can feel like you're just letting go of something, you know, it can be accompanied by tears, laughter, shaking, even all these other signs that the body is releasing, these indications that something energy is moving through the body. So that can be really exhilarating, but it can also be really scary because you've just had this experience. Now the bed sheets are soaked. And now you're crying? Like, what just happened? I thought (laughs) orgasms were supposed to feel good. But that does feel good, right? Like releasing does feel really, really good. I think that all orgasms, even clitoral orgasms, like the orgasm that you had today versus the one you had yesterday are different. Mm. And so it's just different. I've met plenty of women who love squirting so much that they make a point of squirting every single time that they have sex. Or someone like me, like I enjoy it and I'm happy to experiment and go there and and try to make it happen but i it's nothing that i need to experience in
1: order to be satisfied yeah okay that's interesting to know yeah guys if anyone wants to try squirting let us know how it goes <laughs> speaking of orgasms cuz this is another question that we got a lot of is from our female listeners wondering how they can achieve orgasm like every time because i think mm. you know sometimes it can be easier then other times, I'd love to hear your take on that.
0: Totally. And I should say, I have I built a whole course, a whole online course about sporting. So I gave you like the most preliminary explanation. And in the online course, I actually like demo it and everything. So if you're interested, um, check that out on my website.
1: Oh yeah, so we are totally... We're just getting like a taste of everything that you have right yes. now. This is like we're an We're doing the sam-
0: sh- sampler platter. <laughs> Women having orgasms every time. I guess the first thing that I would uh, advise you to do is figure out what commonly is the obstacle that's preventing you from having orgasms some of the time, right? Do you feel is it like it feels like a sensation thing? Does it feel like an emotional thing? Does it feel like I'm just in my head kind of thing? Does it feel like my partner's not hitting the right mark on a regular basis kind of thing? That's more for your understanding because the more that you understand about what's causing the problem, the better job you can do at addressing the problem. In all of those instances, the way to get to a place where you're having orgasms every time or at least as regularly as possible is to understand what you need, what the exact like recipe that you need is to make it more likely that you're going to have an orgasm. So is that Um, having sex at night versus in the morning? Is it having sex in a clean room versus one where there's laundry everywhere, right? We really can't discount all of these other contextual factors. Sex is not just what happens between two people on a bed. It's not just like how quick and how fast and how far and how deep. There's the emotional aspects of sex. Like do you have orgasms when you feel really connected with your partner, when you feel like he's really present with you? Do you have orgasms more easily when you're not stressed and thinking about your to-do list? For me, sex in the morning, it's so hard for me to have uh, orgasms consistently. Because I wake up, unless it's like a Saturday or a Sunday, and I don't have anything else planned, my brain is already in like go mode. Gotta go mm-hmm. you know, run this business. My partner, on the other hand, he wakes up and a lot of guys do, just like ready to go, fully erect, like, let's do this. So I know for myself that if I'm going to have an orgasm in the morning, I need to introduce a toy. Well, I shouldn't say need. I'm going to increase the odds of me having an orgasm if I bring a vibrator um, for clitoral stimulation during sex. I don't really use that uh, if I'm having sex in the average like evening. But in the morning, I do. So all I've done is changed the context to support it being more likely for me to have an orgasm. At the end of the day, the biggest challenges to having orgasms usually is just not taking control of the situation and giving yourself what you need, whether that's 10 deep breaths while looking in your partner's eyes to feel more connected, whether that's a lot of foreplay, bringing in a toy, starting with a massage, changing positions, right? Like, figuring out what you need to get your body to that place and then being really insistent about making sure that you get those things.
1: Mm. Yeah, there's like a couple of things you hit on there that I'm like, oh, yes, this sounds familiar. Um, like one of those, and I know you mentioned it and I got this question so much as people were like, how do I even just get out of my own head? Because like you mentioned like in the morning, you're like, oh, I have so much to do. Like I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, sometimes, um, you know, People are just so stressed. I mean, look at the year we just had in 2020. Like there's so much stress and outside factors that are, you know, clouding maybe our ability to like get our brains in the right place. Like, is there any hacks for that? Mm-hmm. Well, the truth is if you have trouble getting out of your head in bed, you
0: probably also have trouble getting out of your head outside of bed. Right. Like there we tend to treat sex like it's gets super different than everything else but at the end of the day it has a lot of things in common with all the other things that we do so how often do you practice getting out of your head ever you know do you have a meditation practice do you have a practice of going on walks without listening to audiobooks or uh, music and like filling up your head with other stuff do you practice sitting in silence and stillness and sort of like bringing your attention back to yourself and being mindful bringing your attention back to your body and Connecting with your five senses. Like the hack there really is if you want to just be able to drop in and get out of your head in a moment, is to rely on your five senses to help you, right? Because the five senses are all experiential, they, they happen within the body. So focusing on touch, whether you know, you're with a partner that might be touching different parts of their body, feeling the hair on their arms versus on their head versus like the heat of their skin, um, the heat of their neck. Smell. You could take a deep breath. Smell their shampoo. Smell the scent of their body. Smell the sheets. Um, help you to get grounded in your sense of smell. Like, see what they taste like. Lick their skin. You know, count uh, um, it with the. Visual aspect when you're having sex, you can sort of look at a part of their body and then say to yourself, like, this is his chest. These are his eyes. Um, If I was telling you to do that just like in the middle of a meeting, I'd say, like, look around the room and name five different objects that you are looking at, right? But we want to like keep the attention on the partner and um, on the sex act itself, right? So you can really use your five senses to ground you in the moment. The other piece is breathe. Um, The Quickest, easiest breathing technique hack that I could share is to make your exhale twice as long as your inhale. When we inhale, we are activating the sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight nervous system. And when we are exhaling, we're actually activating the parasympathetic nervous system, rest and digest. So when we double our exhale, we're telling our body it's cool to relax and it's cool to experience pleasure. There's not a saber's toothed tiger hiding around the corner that we need to run from. And we can fully be present in this moment and sort of let our awareness of everything else that's going on around us drop and be with the moment. Oh,
1: so good. Anybody who listens to this podcast too will recognize some of these tools. Like I feel like I've used like these mindfulness tactics in so many other areas of my life and I've never even thought... To use them in the bedroom, which is ridiculous, and that whole like five senses thing like that is that's how I get into state like to meditate, and it really, really works. it really, really works. so if anyone hasn't tried that, like take that one to heart, try it out I, I'm excited to try that in the uh, in the boudoir <laughs> One question I wasn't asked, because this kind of goes into into some of the other questions that we had, is: Let's say you're taking inventory. Let's say you're using those five senses, and then you're like, you start to nitpick yourself. You know, you're like, mm-hmm. you're t- you know, you're taking in your your scenery, and you're like, oh God, like my boob looks weird, or oh, I forgot mm-hmm. to tweeze that hair, or you know, whatever it is. And I mm-hmm. I feel like there's sometimes you, we can start to nitpick ourselves, and that'll immediately take us out of the out of the um, mood, mm-hmm. what do you what do you say for those situations?
0: Yeah, we actually have a word for that experience, which is spectatoring, which is when you become a spectator of yourself and of your body during a sexual encounter. So we start thinking like, oh my god, what do my thighs look like from this angle? And instead of now watching a sex act happening from first person perspective, it's like we're watching it from a third party perspective, or like a spectator onto ourselves. So the same techniques like breathing releasing letting go being mindful sometimes and this is a technique i think that people are really hesitant to engage but is really important is just take a break like take a pause during sex you know say to your partner hey can we just breathe together for a second here. Like, Stop the motion, stop the movement. Stillness is probably the most underrated tool that we have both inside and outside of the bedroom. I work with couples all the time who tell me that as soon as penetration starts happening and they're having intercourse, they do not stop or pause to do anything. They don't take breaks or breathers until they are done Mm -hmm. whatever done looks like for them. Stillness helps you to reconnect with what's going on in your body. Sort of like when you, when I tell you don't think of a pink elephant, and you do, right? Stillness allows us to go. And one of my favorite tools is like to get still and then be like, don't think about what's happening in your clitoris. Don't think about what's happening in your vulva or in your pussy. Like, don't don't think about it. Try not to think about it. Try not to think about anything that feels good right now. But when you don't create stillness first, you're processing and you're trying to get yourself back out of your head and you're trying to stop spectating, and you're trying to love yourself, which that's a lifelong journey for all of us. And we're trying to do that in the presence of like someone humping away at us. And then we're wondering like, can he hear me? Is he thinking? Like, does he know what I'm thinking? Can he tell that I'm not engaged at all? Looks like he's trying his hardest. Oh my God, is that a bead of sweat on his forehead? When is this going to be over? Pause, take some deep breaths and don't be afraid to quit it. You know, Don't be afraid to be like, you know what? let's i need to revisit this later i'm really having a lot of trouble getting out of my head and if it helps you to be vulnerable with your partner and say hey i can't stop thinking about how my cellulite looks can we just change positions and also when we do that can you tell me how beautiful you think my thighs are there's zero shame in that right the way that the the path to great sex is paved by asking for what we need right when we need it
1: Well, I didn't think I'd be talking about mindfulness in our sex episode, but here we are. Guys, practicing mindfulness is clearly so important in every aspect of our life, and wouldn't it be nice if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you focus, sleep, act, and just be better? Well, there is, and if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy to use app. Whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. And it's one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews and over 60 million downloads. I know I am a big fan of Headspace. When I first started meditating, my mind would always be racing and I would just get so frustrated that I was doing it wrong. So I love the guided meditations on Headspace and found it so helpful to be guided through the process rather than just trying to wing it. So if you're interested in adding some mindfulness to your life, Headspace makes it easy to build a practice on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple. So just go to headspace.com slash big kid. That's headspace.com slash big kid for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's Full library of meditations for every situation. It's the best deal they're offering right now. So again, for that free one-month trial, head to headspace.com slash big kid today. That I feel like could be another good topic to dive down into because I I feel like a lot of people have trouble with that. Like, you know, mm. talking. Talking during sex, like even saying anything, and I think a lot of people probably get nervous too, especially if they've been dating their partner for a long time and they want to like try something new. It can be like a little awkward they you know i I'm just thinking like you know you spring something on your partner who like they think they know you really well, and you're they're like, "Whoa, <laughs> where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. Um I know I got the question, you know, like how do I get my uh, boyfriend to be like rougher with me in bed?" and stuff like that like just would you say you approach it in the same manner like you could do it outside of the situation and use that little compliment sandwich or is there like a sexy totally. is there a sexy way to do it
0: <laughs> well yes and you could do it both right some partners do really well to have conversations in a very vulnerable space like right after sex or even during sex My preferred way is to figure that out first. You know, does your partner like to be approached during or after or before or when you guys are having dinner? Well, before sex is even near happening, you know, what kind of processing space does your partner need? The rougher situation, what I would say is, why, what are the obstacles to your partner being rough? A lot of guys have trouble being rough because they just have a knowledge gap. They just don't know how to do it. A lot of guys are afraid of hurting women. You know, we have to appreciate that a lot of men have been told. The same stories that we were told as women which is like men are dangerous they're rapists they are apt to get you they'll they'll take sex from you sex is you know sex is just for men it's not for women right we we're all inundated with these messages sex is for men to enjoy and women to give to men in like a people pleasing act the truth is that that's not the case at all sex is for all people if anything sex is for women we're the multiple orgasm crew over here hmm. like honestly it's God's gift to us if anything but a lot of men really Take that to heart, and they are so afraid of hurting women with their sexuality, and they're so afraid of doing something that causes pain or harm to their partner. And you know, if if you see your partner as the like loving, doting uh, wife archetype, as opposed to like the dirty, nasty slut archetype, it can be really hard to treat her as such. And so. Is this person having trouble being rough because he just straight up doesn't know how? And, you know, if that's the case, he's right not to just start being rough if he doesn't know how to do it. You should do some research first because you could hurt someone. But if it's because he's having trouble, you know, looking at the woman that he married and treated with such kindness and respect and then, you know, degrading her in a sexual way, then he's got his own stuff that he's got to work on. Those obstacles are usually very internal for him, right? He's having trouble seeing you in multiple categories, he's having trouble like, Taking the woman that he knows in this circumstance and applying this other circumstance to her. And, you know, guys, and this is one of the best things about men, I think, is they often won't do things if they don't know that they can do it without hurting us. So get him the guidance and the information that he needs, help him to understand what his obstacles are. And like let him know also what you mean by rough. Let him know also you may have a very different idea about what rough is you want your hair to be pulled and your butt to be spanked. And he's thinking that you want to like, you know, have him like spit on your face and smush your face into the bed frame. Like they're different, right? We gotta define these terms.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good uh, piece of advice to give is make sure you define what your definitions are. Cause I can definitely see that. Hard. Yeah, it is hard. I can definitely see that going in the wrong direction though. So I, I'm glad you pointed that out. I know. So I know we've been like talking about some of these situations and I know, you know, this is the week of Valentine's Day. Like hopefully people are getting it on. And we did get a lot of questions about like, you know, turning up the heat a little bit or like, I'm going to give you a couple of specific ones because I think you know it's it's just so nice to have you on, and we have an expert on our hands who can maybe give us some like real shit and i got I got this question, and I was like, "Yes, girl, yes, because I want to know this too. She said, "I've been giving my BF the same BJ for ten years. Any tips on how to blow his mind?
0: Mm. Sex is one of those areas where we don't always seek guidance for our questions. And this is a great example of that, right? When we are having a problem in our work, you know, running a company, figuring out how to post a podcast, publish a podcast, right? We'll like go and seek the advice of experts or we'll go see how other people are doing it. But sex is unique because you can't just like peek into your neighbor's bedroom and be like, how do you blow your (laughs) husband? I want to change it up a little bit. But there's tons of great resources out there that will help you to kind of know what you don't know. And sex is definitely an area where there's a lot of stuff that... I mean, it's, it's like a fractal. You know, Anytime that you get closer to one thing, it explodes. I've been a sex expert for like 15 years now. And I swear I learned something every single day. And I'm still always delighted to like find out about things that I didn't really know were a thing. I'm still discovering. And so there's tons of resources out there. The challenge is to seek them you know to 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 recognize that you're interested in giving your boyfriend a blood or blow job amazing now it's your turn to a figure out like you know get creative on your own too and you don't have to seek other people's advice or information you also have the best possible advice giver right there in your boyfriend like he'll be able to tell you what he wants to be done differently hopefully and i was going to make a note about like communicating our wants right he should be able to tell you a little bit, at least how to tweak your strategy to make it even more pleasurable for him. And then go online and look up blowjob advice and blowjob tips and blowjob guides. There are so many books and amazing resources out there. I'll say I don't have one to offer you. I wish I could point to one. Um, there's a great website called like The Bad Gals Bible that has a lot of how-to guides for for... Directed at women to help us to get better at sex. But treat sex like you treat cooking. There's cookbooks out there. You don't have to invent all the recipes for yourself. Same is true with sex. Hmm.
1: I like that. (laughs) Treating it out like you would cooking. That's that's interesting. Is there any, because I know you've mentioned other resources, but like if there's a girl, you know, on her walk right now listening to this podcast who just wants like a sex tip to try tonight. Um, do you have any that you like really love or really swear by? So, I am a
0: erotic blueprint certified coach, and the erotic blueprints are a five it's a, a system that gives us five different languages for how we experience eroticism. And so, instead of giving you one tip, I want to give you this piece of advice, which is because there's five different kind of languages that we're all speaking so if i give you a, a tip that's in french and you go home and you and your boyfriend speak japanese this tip isn't going to land mm-hmm. right so the, I'll briefly run through the five types. Number one, the first type is the energetic type. And this is someone who's turned on by the space between and by tease and by longing and by like soft touches and not necessarily direct genital touch. They want connection. Maybe they're breathing together. For this person, tantric sex might sound appealing, things that blend energies. And so for that person, my tip is to start by giving your partner really really light touch or almost no touch at all and see if they can become aware of you wherever you're hovering your hands over their body like can they really literally feel your energy if you have an energetic partner this will turn them on like so much more than you you know slobbering all over their genitals ever could right so that's someone who's aroused by the space between the second type is sensual Sensual is aroused by things that occur in the body, those five senses, right? And that could show up in the way of like massage or baths. Um, people who wear fuzzy, furry, soft clothing often have a sensual blueprint. Or if you have essential oils on uh, a diffuser in your home somewhere, you might have a sensual blueprint. I certainly do. Everything's like faux fur and fuzzy, soft things. And I love a massage with like firm contouring hands, hands that like wrap all the way around the body. So the energetic is like light fingertips. Sensual would be like firm hands. So if you feel like you're the sensual, giving or getting a massage could be very arousing. If your partner is sensual, give them a massage. If you're the sensual, ask for one. The next type is sexual. And sexual is what we mostly think of when we think of sex. Sexual is what we see in our culture. It's like strip clubs, XXX, porn, penetration, like... Sex. And the beautiful thing about the sexual is that they can go from zero to 60 and become very aroused just by like thinking about sex or looking at bodies or um, um, looking at genitals. And they also are really focused on orgasm. Like, orgasm is very important to the sexual. So, and it's more common in my experience that men are the sexual blueprint. And women are energetic and sensual. And I'll get to the other two. So, if you have a sexual partner, the way that you might spice things up tonight is just by going straight, come home and like jump straight on them. Grab their hand, pull them right down to the bedroom, rip their pants off. You know, you don't have to get too creative after that, right? Get focused on penetration, get focused on orgasm. They'll be so excited to see that like fire in your eyes when you're just coming home from your walk. The fourth type is kinky. And kinky breaks down into two different categories, which is psychological kink and physical kink. And in both instances, it's all about what's taboo. And what's taboo to you is not necessarily what's taboo to me or to someone else. So, what is taboo for you? And do you get aroused by the taboo? And then the physical taboo would be, you know, the example that everybody thinks of is like handcuffs, right? Bondage, ropes, um, sensation items, impact items, spanking. Things along those lines, and then psychological kink is more like role play, power domination, being submissive, um, maybe using degrading words or language. And you can obviously play with those. So if you have a partner who has more of a kinky blueprint, maybe you present yourself to them with a, a rope, or your hands already tied, and you go like, "You have the next hour to do with me whatever you want, daddy," mm-hmm. or you know, whatever that. Is. Or maybe you know, your partner is the sub, and you just grab one of your sex toys and bring it up to them and start playing with them with it. And then you make them wait for it because that's the kinky thing to do is like, I'm going to turn you on, but then you can't have this yet. So that would be the kinky blueprint. And then the fifth blueprint is the shapeshifter shapeshifter is someone who speaks all four other languages and they have to speak all four other languages. So it's not necessarily just that you can, it's that you really feel like you must. Shapeshifters are mostly told growing up that they are, they're just too much. Like they they have too many needs and they want everything all at once. Like they want the energetic play and the kinky play together and they want the sensual play. They want to like smell the leather of the flogger and they want the sexual play, like go straight for the genitals. They just want it all. And shapeshifters tend to be the, the least fed or the most hungry of all blueprints. They tend to feel like their needs are so great that they can't be met. So if you have a shapeshifter partner, pick from those four other blueprints that I gave you. Pull something in from each of them, whether that's a feather or some teas or some massage and delight them by bringing them everything to the table and just overpowering their senses with your eroticism.
1: Oh my gosh. I love this so much. <laughs> and it's interesting because I'm sure some, you know, a lot of people have probably different blueprints than their partner does. So it's it's probably good to know your own, but then also maybe start to question like okay, like what is my partner like and maybe even trying some of these and seeing how they respond. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love those. Speaking of like being on different pages with your partner, I mean, this is another question we got a ton of as just you know, people who have different libidos than their partner. I got a lot of questions really about libido in general. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so, Some partners might have like beyond antidepressants that might affect their libido, or, you know, maybe if somebody's just on different pages. like what would you what would be your, your advice? Mismatched
0: libidos is the number one concern. Of partners and couples that come to work with me without a doubt 100% because almost all sexual challenges between partners come down to us wanting different things like that's all challenges between partners, right? Like, when my husband and I get into any argument, it's because we have two different ideas about what we want or what's right to do or what the next best step is, right? And it's very hard. Like the most complicated thing you will ever meet is another human being. And now we're trying to get on the same page in all of these ways. We're trying to get on the same page about where we live and how we're raising our children and what we're doing for dinner tonight. And then also sex and how often and how frequently and what kind. I mean, hopefully just learning about the blueprint framework will be helpful if you are experiencing mismatched libidos. Sometimes all it is, is that you're you're an energetic sensual and he's a sexual kinky. And the way that you've been approaching each other is very different. He's been coming at you with some like hard German. You've been replying with some like soft French and there's just, we're not speaking the same language here. And therefore we don't want to keep having sex because it doesn't feel good to have sex outside of our blueprint. And maybe we've been having sex outside of our blueprint for like five or 10 years at this point. And so we're just like kind of over having sex at all because sex has come to exemplify something that isn't that pleasurable for us at the end of the day. Either way, I want you to know that there's hope and where there's a will, there's a way. I think the number one most important thing is how committed a couple is to seeing their sex life improve. Because there's always a there's always a way back, right? Even if you just had a child and you have a lot of scar tissue and sex feels different, and now you're not so aroused anymore because you have a toddler or a baby that you're constantly giving attention to all day, and then your husband comes home and now he wants attention. There's a path. For that there's a path for you. you can find a way to find adult intimacy with your partner and experience it there's a way to remediate scar tissue after giving birth there's there's a lot of like really promising um, um, techniques that uh, women have had success with for the last several decades for getting rid of scar tissue, but they 're just not well known because we don 't really talk about it right we don't really talk about a lot of these subjects you know at, on the other hand, if you and your partner have mismatched libidos because Maybe they aren't confident that they know how to please you. So they want sex all the time, but they're not willing to give you foreplay or they're not willing to go down on you or they just, they don't, you know, they say to you, they don't really know how. And so you've been having sex before you were ready. You've been penetrated before you were really turned on for a long time. And now your pussy is like closing because she's tensing her muscles all the time because she doesn't want to be penetrated early again. There's a road back for that as well. Usually one partner cares more than the other. Not consistently. Like I will tell you that through my own marriage, there were times where I cared a lot more about our sex life and wanted to make sure that our sex life was good. And then there's been times where my husband carried more about our sex life, cared more, and he carried the weight. Mm. You know, or I carried the weight, right? Like let the partner who wants to take responsibility carry the responsibility don't resent them for it but like let them do their thing let like follow them as they chart that path for both of you and don't worry that both people have to be on the same page all of the time because it literally never happens that that you have such constant uh, alignment between you and another person and understand that relationships are sort of like lungs and breath. Like they expand. We get further away from each other and we contract. We come back closer to each other. And this is just the natural
1: ebb and flow of partnership. Mm, mm-hmm. 100%. That's like something... I mean, I'm I'm in a seven-year relationship now and it's like something I didn't know... Before being in a long term partnership, there are ebbs and flows. It's like so, so normal. Like, if you're in a rut, it's okay. You know, like it, it happens. It's going to happen through life, I feel like. Um, totally. But we're not taught that. We're
0: expecting that our relationships are just consistently good. And if they're not, something is wrong. Like, something is desperately wrong. We're also told that if someone is the right fit for us, then like they'll just get it, it'll <laughs> come naturally. Right? Sex will just come naturally. And this is the biggest crock. Like I said earlier, like I didn't figure out how to cook just naturally by experimenting in the kitchen. I mean, certainly could have gotten there maybe in the next 30 or 40 years, but like consulting with a couple
1: recipe books really helped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you are, okay, so let's say you're in this scenario um, where you maybe are in a little bit of a rut. I kind of want to take both sides, but like say you're the person who is going to pull the weight at this point? How do you do? You approach your partner? Do you just try to, have, you know, just try and like lay more sex on them? Like, what do? You, what's your? What's your methodology?
0: If you're the partner that wants sex more, mm-hmm. how do you? Mm. Well, I would point back to the blueprints. Figure out first what your partner's blueprint, primary blueprint is, and then meet them in that blueprint. Often, the reason that they don't want sex is because let's say they're energetic and you're sexual. The energetic blueprint is like an antenna. They're very, very sensitive. They can pick up everything that's going on. It can be very hard for them to just focus on one signal. And if that signal feels like a disconnection at all, it's going to be even more complicated. They're not going to be able to focus on that, right? So, if you're looking to have sex more, approach them spaciously. You know, create a lot of space between the two of you. Approach them with the like soft touch, not genital touch. You know, start everywhere but the genitals. My friend Trip calls it like the the bullseye. Like start in the outer ring of the bullseye, the fingers, the face, the feet, and then move in and in and in, and then the last place that you get to are breasts and genitals or anus. Right. So start to approach your partner in their blueprint. The energetics also need a lot of space. In time, like they might need a lot of time to get into their bodies. And if you're a sexual blueprint and you're just like zero to 100 and ready to go, well, it's not that they don't want to have sex at all. It's just that they don't want to have that kind of sex. Mm-hmm. They don't want to have the kind of sex that they have been having. And maybe it's also that they need, they may also just need novelty. You know, maybe they're tired of having the same kind of sex. Often one partner can eat the same sandwich for lunch, you know, 20 years in a row, and the other partner, like, can't eat the same thing two days in a row. Like we need more variety, and there's nothing wrong. It's just a matter of bringing that variety in and getting creative, and also recognizing like, are you a safe space for this conversation to happen? Are you like, are you capable of having this conversation without being critical, without taking things to harm? You know, like without taking, letting your ego get invested. A lot of the time, when you say, "Hey, baby, the sex that we've been having recently," or for the Majority of our relationship hasn't really been fulfilling me, and we need to make some changes. Are you the kind of partner who can hear that without freaking out? Because it's ultimately not about you, right? It's about the person who's speaking. Mm -hmm. They're not being critical, hopefully, right? Unless they are, in which case that's a different challenge. So recognize the importance of being a safe space yourself to have that conversation. Are you the kind of partner who can have these? charged challenging adult big kid conversations and if so you and your partner will be able to work through any sexual challenges that you have
1: yeah i think too if in that scenario like maybe opening up the conversation if your partner like hasn't been you know really feeling it might be a good way to kind of like help open that door maybe they're looking for an opening and if you open the conversation it can allow them to give some of that feedback. I think is great. Mm. And then I kind of wanted to hit the flip side too. So if you are the person who might be in the rut yourself, maybe your libido is down, maybe there's a number of factors, or maybe you're just not really feeling it at this certain time. Do you fake it till you make it? Or like, what What do you use? Because mm. I've actually heard that a lot. I actually had... um I had a friend tell me her mom gave her this piece of advice: is like sometimes you just have to be an actress. Sometimes you gotta. <laughs> sometimes you just gotta like you know get your Oscar worthy performance in and to please your partner. And I'm wondering, from your perspective, somebody who like actually studies this, if that's ever a good idea or like what you would say the right yeah, approach is. I
0: I think that was a good idea. Probably when. That woman's mom said it, <laughs> you know, like, and hopefully that was like the 60s or the 50s or something. Like, that was probably advice that was handed down from her mom, and she was probably like exactly right about that. But today we have more options, women, which is great. So, ladies, my recommendation is that you never, ever, 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 ever have any sex that you don't want to have ever. And yeah, this can suck. You know, it, it might mean turning down your partner or your husband just because. And listen, I'm guilty of this too. Like, okay, he wants to have sex, it's fine. It's not like I'm a hard no. It's not like I'm it's not like I'm saying it's not like I'm a fuck no. It's just like I'm not a hot yes, right? That said, doing your own internal sexual work is really important if that's the case. So, if you are not having sex with your partner and you want to be or you're not having as much sex or enjoying it as much as you want and you really want to be enjoying it, you must start having sex with yourself. And that is where that advice is genius. Yes. Fake it to you. Make it with yourself. Fake like you actually want to masturbate. Fake like you actually want to spend 20 minutes today touching your own body. Understand what a huge obstacle that is to overcome. Like, Who here has an extra 20 minutes that they're willing to spend in total silence, maybe with some music on, if, especially if you're a sensual blueprint, you're going to want your music. But... Twenty minutes just caressing and touching my own body maybe leading to orgasm, maybe not that seems like an eternity trust me i 've been there i 've closed the office door and gotten back up off the floor ten minutes later going fuck this i 'm out. this is too much right like even just sitting with our own pleasure can be such a challenge for us so spend the spend the be, be the actress but be the actress for yourself. Act like you want to be sexually in relationship with yourself. Because what does happen if you are experiencing low libido, more commonly in women, is that once you start reengaging the muscles, once you start reengaging your sexual appetite, fill your eyes and ears um, with sexually appealing, erotic stuff. Like I watched Bridgerton on Netflix, um, which yes. is, oh my God, there's like so two straight good. episodes in a row that are just like softcore porn. Yeah. 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 I was
1: like, I, I was love like, this show.
0: <laughs> this is my favorite show. I was like, why does it have to end? Can we just, is it, I hope someone on YouTube just clipped the sex scenes. I would love to. Also, guys, listening to this, listen to our excitement and our delight. Go watch those sex scenes and notice how not like Pornhub they are.
1: Yes. That is such good advice. Nope. And like, do guys, like watch Bridgerton with us. Hello. Yeah. We're going to get turned on watching this show.
0: It's delightful. You will enjoy
1: it. <laughs> I was you watching, will. I was trying to watch it with my fiance. And he just kept falling asleep like five minutes in. And I was like watching this, getting so turned on. And he's like snoring next to me. I'm like, this is your loss, dude. This is your, this loss. Is your
0: loss. This is your opportunity, <laughs> man. This is like, this is the kind of porn that I want to watch. Beautiful people, <laughs> soft frames. They have a loving relationship. It's safe. They have the whole castle to themselves. Taylor Swift yeah, playing
1: in the distance. Oh, it's just great. Yeah, it's just it's great. It's
0: dreamy. That's really like I when men ask me, which is often, what do women want? How do how do I approach women? What what I say is like this isn't a mystery. Go read a romance novel. We, you. it's been well-documented what women want. I'm tired of people telling me that we're confusing. We are not confusing. It's all laid out there. But what we want doesn't line up with what men typically want. And therefore, it doesn't make sense. Can't compute, right? This doesn't look like penetration. And no one is choking or gagging. I'm not sure what's sexual about this. And it's like, no, this is sexual in a different way. This is sensual in a different way. This is this is a this is a different like way of understanding sex and sexuality. So if you are experiencing low libido, watch things that turn you on a little bit, just a little bit. Watch things that get you interested. Read erotica. Erotic fiction is phenomenal. Listen to um like audio erotica. Phenomenal, you know? Recognize that there's more out there than just porn. And then spend dedicate 15, 20 minutes every day touching your body. Um, you know, you doing pelvic floor exercises, especially if you've already had children, but like even if you're a little bit younger, and you haven't had children. Just engaging those muscles can kind of help the body to remember what it feels like to be aroused. You start sending sending more blood there, you start sending more energy and attention there, and pretty soon the idea of sex sounds appetizing again. This is caveat asterisk if you are not overcoming massive sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. If you have some trauma, which we all do, like let's be real, we all do. With the, none of us get out without some trauma, unfortunately. If you are aware that your trauma is affecting your ability to connect with your eroticism today, then seek the help of a professional. Mm,
1: yes, I feel like we could do a whole other episode on that. One quick question: uh, You mentioned the 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 erotica. Do you have any favorites or like the the ones that you can listen to or whatever? Do you have like a favorite like site or thing that you would recommend?
0: Yeah, I, um, I like the site Dipsy, D-I-P-S-E-A. I don't have any affiliation with them or any affiliate with them. But I like what they're doing. And it seems like they have done a great job of creating a catalog of diverse erotica. But I think really the fun thing about reading erotica is that you get to make it in your mind and you get to learn what you're interested in because you know you might you might find that you're actually like really into tentacles and you read, you know, like there's no shame in that, but if you watch it, you may not have been instantly interested. but when you read it and you get to like feel and create the story and the safety of your own mind, all of a sudden like the giant sea creature, Kind of sounds appealing. So I say read read around, expose yourself to a lot of different stuff. And if like tentacles isn't your thing, maybe you find out that bondage is phenomenal. Maybe you find out that vanilla sex is totally your thing. Phenomenal. Vanilla sex is amazing. People sleep on vanilla. Vanilla is great. Vanilla is perfect. So just figure out what works for you.
1: I love it so much. I'm going to link that also in show notes. If anybody's curious, if anyone wants to uh, get into it and get in the mood this Valentine's Day, I'll keep that. I'm also going to link all of your stuff because you have such good content out there. I was going to ask you before we go, uh, pimp yourself out. Let us know where we can get more from you.
0: Find me at youtube.com slash Caitlin V or by searching Better Sex Coach. Um, my name isn't the easiest to spell, so you can also go to bettersexcoach.com um, or find me on Instagram as well. There's links up in my YouTube, and then you will be seeing me on my own television show here really soon. So when that comes out, I will um, I'll release the rest of the information for you shortly. I'll oh be my God. couple's there. We're still casting, so I can give you the casting link. Um, if people are listening to this and you want to come work with me on TV, then um, you have a brief limited window to apply for casting. But please, please, please do.
1: Yes, I'm going to link all of that in show notes. Um, this has been so amazing. Caitlin, thank you so, so much. Thank you. Pleasure was all mine. Guys, that is a wrap on our sexy little Valentine's Day episode this week. I hope you liked it. I hope you guys got some ideas. And I hope you're revved and ready for a fun little week, whether you're single or with a partner. I want to give a huge shout out to our guest this week, Caitlin V. I'm gonna link all her stuff in show notes so you can find more of her content. She is seriously such a plethora of knowledge, and this was only a tiny, tiny taste. So make sure to check her out and send her some love. Speaking of sending love, if you've been enjoying this podcast, please, please take a second to click those five little stars and write a review for this show. It takes two seconds and we can consider it like a little Valentine's Day gift for yours truly. Seriously, your reviews help so much. And when you send this podcast to your friends or help spread the word, just know you're keeping the show going. So thank you. I hope you guys have the best week. Get a little freaky and I will see you back here next week for a brand new episode. Until then, I will see you next Tuesday.